Petri Dish is a product of Petri Dish Media, all rights reserved. Petri Dish is a science comedy podcast and should not be used as medical advice. Do not get medical advice from a podcast. And therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words, Ich bin ein Science! Science! Guys, welcome to Petri Dish. I'm Nathan. I'm Sean. You guys maybe remember from last year for our Halloween special, we did a whole thing. Yeah, I don't actually remember. What did we do? <laughs> that shit's dead. It doesn't matter. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but Halloween is coming up, so although we're not going to write an extended Edgar Allan Poe uh, poem, mm-hmm. we do have a special episode. One that's kind of, in retrospect, a little bit low-hanging durian, right? It's right there, and it's stinky. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. That is true. That's the first one that Stacy would eat. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing mummification. Yeah, which, Nathan, this was your suggestion, and it was a really good one, so I want to give you credit. It's better than my first seven. First one's like, that, pasta. That's true. That's true. You did, Pizza. <laughs> you didn't give me a lot. DiGiorno's. How is it better? Yeah, you've been on Italian food. You've been on that for a little bit. But Am I like the only guy who likes Red Baron better than DiGiorno's? Like, I, I feel like DiGiorno's like is in this uncanny valley of pizza. I don't eat either one of those things. You don't eat but if, pizza. If, if, not better than me. if I remember correctly, Red Baron's, I think people do like. Yeah. I think that that's like the underground hit. Yeah. It means you're a hipster. Yeah. <laughs> so congratulations. <laughs> well, that's good. Yes. So this week we're going to be talking about mummification. And it's not just Egyptians, Nathan. Nice. Okay. Other people have been getting mummified, both right. on purpose and by accident for a very long time. Very cool. So, you know, I hope you all are in the Halloween spirit. You know, go grab a bat. Be very nice to it. Yeah. Because this one, you got to settle down in the seats of your pants. Or whatever the expression is. Is that how that works? Well, no, because this is is actually, I think, a genuinely creepy one. Like, I think the irony of our last Halloween episode, where we, like, did, like, a whole whole bit, was that the subject itself was actually kind of, like, fun and goofy. Yeah. This one is, like, gross and fucked. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, This is, like, a, this is is true crime, baby. All right. This one is weird. So get ready for, like, intestines. Yeah. Like, stuff. That's accurate. Let's get into it. But yeah, so, you know, mummification has been kind of one of those quietly good ideas for the whole of human history, right? Uh, Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a good one. So how long have we been doing mummies? On purpose or by accident? I mean, by accident, it's presumably been happening for a while now, right? Because you just, there's certain biological conditions that produces mummification naturally. Right, right. So typically, if you're in a very dry place that, you know, has like a warm breeze or something mm, like, like that. Like Santa right? Fe. Yeah, yeah kind of yeah, like yeah, Santa yeah. Fe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if you're in like a very, very cold place. Right. Then you can have the mummification process happen pretty naturally. Or yes. in anaerobic uh, oh, like, bog style oh environment. God, look at how smart you are. <laughs> okay, yes, yes. The yeah. same thing that makes Pete can also make mummies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but do you if, think it's a coincidence that anaerobic refers to like a low oxygen environment and also just happenstantially is a type of exercise? 
<laughs> like it's it's one of those weird coincidences. I think one's a one's a Greek root and one's a Latin root. I just want you to know that like halfway into that, I was like, "There's no way Nathan's going to say the dumb shit that you actually just said." <laughs> so that's that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Okay, okay, like, okay, okay. <laughs> I saw that coming from a long way away, but also hoped it wouldn't happen. Um, <laughs> just like Star Wars Episode Seven, <laughs> hot take: We're Star Wars. Wow, listen to you. <laughs> Who wants to see the Nazis in Argentina? Am I right? <laughs> Um, uh, okay, great. So, in terms of what mummification is, yeah. right, it's when animals or humans have been preserved after death. Sometimes it's restricted to purposeful preservation, okay, right, and not the accidental kind, okay. like falling into a bog and shit like that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And today in the U.S., like Sean, those people didn't quote unquote fall into a bog. <laughs> <laughs> There's rope around them. <laughs> was, yeah, so some of them maybe you know it was like. Part purposeful, part not. But yeah, 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 yeah. often in the U.S., uh, people are embalmed in the funerary process. Right. But that's kind of a temporary preservation. Right. Like, like that... they're going to bring Walt Disney back to life. <laughs> that's well, he's just... short term. They cryopreserved his head. That's yeah, a different yeah. type of situation. Yeah, 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 but yeah. like for us, in funerary practices, people will be embalmed so you know they can be seen at the funeral and everything like that if you're going to yeah. have an open casket. Yeah. But then after a while, you know, in the ground, buried right. and everything like We're that. We're not trying that hard to keep them around forever. Right. They're going to decay. They're going to skeletonize. Like, that's going to happen over time, right? Is skeletonize a real word or just like a fun time word that you just made up? That's a real word. Skeletonize? Yeah, dude. It dude. means turn into a skeleton. <laughs> and that sounds like a fun ad for embalmment from the 90s. You know, skeletonize. Yeah. And then all these kids are dancing around grandpa and grandpa's like a fun time, like Six Flags grandpa, and he's like, skeletonize me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kids Actually, are like, Woo! Isn't that weirdly like that Tom Hanks SNL thing with the oh, where yeah. he's like a, Mr. Pumpkin or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Glad it's we a, got here. A brief glimmer of light for SNL. Huh? <laughs> so, but the mummification process, the full mummification process, yeah. which is usually more than just embalming, yeah. can preserve mummies for thousands of years. Yeah. Right? And embalming is typically kind of like the first step of mummification, right. but there's usually a bunch of steps afterward. Cool. So while ancient Egyptians were doing their thing, you know, over 5,000 years ago, the Chinchoro mummies of northern yeah. Chile and southern Peru, yeah. those were purposely mummified over 7,000 years ago. So 2,000 years before the ancient Egyptians. That's another one of those funny cases. Do you think the words mean the same thing? Chinchoro? Well, Chinchoro is this region, right? But it's also a brand in Costa Rica of these like little Chinese churros, right? Why the Chinese? Oh, because <laughs> yeah. Chin. Oh, you're terrible. I'm not terrible. <laughs> that wasn't me. I was talking about San Jose. I was very offended. All right. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, hey man, you want some Chin churros? Were you actually offended? Because weren't you the one who invented Chino Cabra? <laughs> Wasn't that your fault? No, man. It's another thing I was offended by. <laughs> Great. No, no, no. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, anyway. The- we should make a company called Chinchuros. <laughs> Just like these little Chinese churros. I don't... I mean, first of all, we're definitely not Latino. And like, and I don't even think we're enough Asian to get away with that. We're like... I mean, combined, we're one Asian person. I, they'll, they'll have like like taro flavored and like um, ube, ube, ube flavored. No. What is, the Prime Minister of Japan? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shinzo Abe flavor. <laughs> Takashima flavor. 
okay, we got to stop. Dried seaweed. We need to stop. <laughs> this has this section must end. <laughs> the point this is section must end. My the point. <laughs> the point is mummification has been happening for a long time. We've been doing it. Yeah. Okay. And it's been happening cross culturally, right? It's not just ancient yeah. Egyptians. A completely separate culture that had absolutely no crosstalk with the ancient Egyptians right, right, right. in South America also was doing mummification yeah. thousands of years before the Egyptians. But you know, this is a time where retro stuff's becoming cool. So let's talk about Palestine. Plastination. <laughs> let's, let's talk about let's Palestine. Let's talk about Palestine. <laughs> All, right. All right, let's take a break. And the then... mummified corpse of peace. <laughs> a need... two-state solution. <laughs> I need a break. <laughs> and then when we come back, let's talk about plastination, All which right. is like modern-day mummies, okay? My name is Jimmy Coconuts, Yay! and I'm excited to tell you about my amazing new hybrid fruit, gum corn. Hooray! Imagine the hardness of corn and the pop in your mouth juiciness of a ripe gumquat. Ooh. And you've got my gumcorn. Ah! Impress your friends with instant classic recipes like frutita gumcorn or gumcorkavin. Fill up on natural vitamins like fish oil and moisten your libido. Ooh. You can do it all with my miracle fruit, gumcorn. And in partnership with Monsanto, Monsanto, I'm excited to offer farmers contracts for my gumcorn seeds. That's right, get your hands on Jimmy's gumcorn seeds. They're drought resistant. Oh my God! So don't wait. Come on down to Jimmy Coconut's Coconut and Gumcorn Emporium to sign up for your own gumcorn contract. Remember, your future starts with a fistful of my seeds. So, guys, I want you to go back in time to 1977. Mm. Jimmy Carter's just been inaugurated president, and it goes great. Yeah. Uh, there's a, you know, the field of mummification, old industry. Yes. But we finally developed some new techniques for mummification. Yeah. So, this is something that I think had been gradually developing over time. Right. But very much on the science side. Because sometimes scientists need to be able to keep tissue samples and shit like that right. around for long periods of time. I also kind of feel like in the, I mean, this is something we're actually going to go into later in the episode. But in the 17, 18, 1900s, like embalming things with my own chemicals yes. was like a fun time freaky deek thing yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. It was like um, a boutique industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll <laughs> talk about one of those freakies later. Yes. Uh, but we're going to like real proper science mummify stuff starting in 1977 right so scientists have been figuring out ways to you know like sometimes you'll see slides or something they'll look at under a microscope and be yeah. like oh the yeah label cancer or whatever More grandmother <laughs> <laughs> so but they had to figure out some kind of way to preserve that tissue yeah. right and in 1977 basically a scientist figured out a whole new way to preserve much larger amounts of tissue including entire bodies yes. of at first animals and then eventually people, okay? Right. And this process he named plastination. Mm. So you can actually see plastination at the Body Works exhibits. So nice. I don't know if anyone's checked those out, but you can like see whole human bodies like sliced in half yeah. and you can like see all the organs. I where swear to God, I thought that was just plastic. I didn't realize it was plastic plus people. Those are real human beings. Wow. And real human bodies Damn. that have been infused with plastic throughout their body, basically. Jesus, dude. And so, essentially, the main steps to do this is chemical fixation, 
dehydration, then forced impregnation of liquid polymers into dehydrated cells. I don't like the expression forced impregnation. I was not a huge fan, but it is the technical term that they use. Oh, wow. Like this guy, Todd Atkins over here. It's it's what they say. Uh, Um, Wait, wait, real quick. Isn't there also a brand of like soap called Body Works? Bath and Body Works. You think there's like... You, you know where I'm getting. Like a little bit of friction. You think, there's a, you think there's a link there? Oh, cross promotion. <laughs> you think maybe Bada Works soap <laughs> from the people? <laughs> I saw Fight Club. I know what yeah. the soap's made out of. So basically, doing this plastinization process fully prevents decomposition of the body. It's it actually. basically freezes it in time for the foreseeable future. That's cool. I mean, because presumably, at some point, these polymers will break down. But we're talking like, a long ass time. Yeah. We're like quantum tunnel break, like, like electrons will <laughs> out of it from time to time. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. So the first step of the process is chemical fixation. Nice. Which is basically. That's a band. <laughs> That's a fucking band. <laughs> that should be a band, actually. Chemical, chemical fixa- fixation. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. Um, it sounds like a new metal band from like the yeah, early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. Because there was like My Chemical yeah. Romance and stuff yeah. like that. You are my heroine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I liked it. Um, Basically, chemical fixation uses our modern mix of embalming fluid, which is like formaldehyde, glutaraldehyde, methanol, stuff like that. I love them. (laughs) Great. And what that process does is it cross-links a lot of the proteins in our body Mm. and slightly denatures the proteins. Cool. Basically making it so that bacteria can't eat them for food. Mm. And then also kills a shitload of bacteria because those things are toxic to bacteria also. Interesting. So it kills bacteria and basically freezes our proteins in place by cross-linking them. The second step is to submerge the whole body in acetone. Right. So acetone is an organic solvent. It's, I think, sometimes used as a paint thinner. And that dehydrates the body. Yeah, so it sometimes like it's snorted as a paint thinner. <laughs> Great. <laughs> in some circles. Acetone becomes a vapor very easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. I learned, yeah, it does, I learned that in chemistry lab. Yeah, um, sure. And it dehydrates the body, so it pulls water out of all of the cells and tissues. Cool. And then the third step is you add polymers into the acetone. Okay, so they're all liquidy polymers. And then you apply a vacuum to the body. Okay. So basically the vacuum evaporates the acetone. And as the acetone is like like leaving the body cool the polymer gets pulled into the cells yeah and so that's the forced impregnation step so now there's polymer like literally in every single cell of your body wow in all of the tissues there's this polymer hanging out there that's pretty cool and that basically just gets in the way so much that like nothing can really grow and eat anything that's in your body so yeah i I was looking at some of the body work stuff which i recommend everyone look up because it's creepy for this episode uh, and like a lot of them don't have skin, right? Cause they show muscle groups and stuff like that. Yeah. So someone like flayed that person, right? Yeah. So usually what happens is you'll do the chemical fixation process first. Yeah. And then you will do whatever kind of dissection you are going to do. Right. That way you can also save the skin f- for fun. Right. Yeah, I mean, for, <laughs> or for anything. I mean, for science. Right. <laughs> sure. But and also. fun. <laughs> furniture you know like, yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever you're gonna do skin is useful <laughs> yeah, but, you know uh, <laughs> it's um, the best organ great. Yeah, yeah yeah but these exhibits exist out there right yeah. like they, they usually do tours around the world of yeah. like this is a person's leg chopped in half and stuff like that do you think like the sackler family like buys the extra skin like 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 because you just your body works right you got all the skin. Right? <laughs> you think you think it's like the Sacklers are like, oh wow, I was looking for this. 
<laughs> Someone will buy this game, yeah, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, Hobby Lobby, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, wow, now I can bind my ancient Bibles <laughs> in something. Right? Yeah, luckily a lot of the richest people in the world also want to own also human body skin. parts. So. <laughs> <laughs> There's a market. <laughs> yes, exactly. You uh, should be part of the Buffalo. How did know? we get here? Oh, well, whatever. Okay, <laughs> that, that's okay, not that is. Too far down. Yeah, all, all right. right, all right, all right. <laughs> Why did we organize the blast, uh, blast initiation first, actually? Oh, I did that first because I wanted to end on, on the creepy dude. Ah. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Do you mean like you want to now jump to creepy dude? Or do you mean like basically you just wanted to get this out of the way? Because although interesting, creepy dude is like the great Halloween finish. Yes. Okay, well, let's keep all that in. Uh, <laughs> people know how the sausage gets pumped, right? Okay, okay so yeah, uh, plastination is like the sexiest, most modern way to do some freaky deaky shit. Yeah. But mummification, I mean, it's obviously, I mean, the elephant, the mummified elephant in the room is that mummification's <laughs> been happening in a while, and, and they did it a real rocking way back in the olden days. Yeah. How, did they, how did that chemically work? So, many accidental mummifications happen because of dry conditions usually. right right so the dry conditions don't have to be hot yeah you can actually have deserts that are very very cold right it just has to do with how much water is right. in the air also anaerobic no uh, but, yeah, but, yeah i get it you yeah. like the bog shit i know I'm, i was shocked when you did have a session on the bog it's because it, it, it's an accidental thing in the bog case <laughs> I, I, even I don't if even... they murder them <laughs> right. they're trying to make mummies <laughs> right. the, the mummying part was yeah. accidental the, the murder was on purpose i get it <laughs> <laughs> just all these little virgins just shipping into bogs back then. Uh, for people who don't know what I'm talking about, by the way, there are there are people preserved in bogs in northern Europe. It usually looks like they're murdered or ritual sacrifices. That's, that's the context. Yeah, I realize yeah. not everyone always thinks about bog mummies like I do. <laughs> like, I, like, dream of bog mummies. Wow. That's some Philip K. Dick problems. You're very you know? metal. That's yeah. nice. Look, so the reason why dry heat can make mummies is that microbes, you know, bacteria and stuff. They like the wet. They're moist boys. Like all life, they require water to live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so getting rid of as much water as quickly as possible is a good way to preserve tissue. Right. Okay? And we all have bacteria hanging out in our guts. Yes. Okay? I mean, that always seems like the big problem to me. I mean, that's why plastination makes sense, right? Is you're like, you fucking those guys even on the inside. Right. And so that's also why, like, the ancient Egyptians and also the Chinchoro culture... One of the main things that they did was they took the guts out, yeah. right? Because as soon as you die, it really does not take very long for the bacteria to kind of break out of the gut prison and kind of get all over your body. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? The, so once they break out of there, they can travel along your bloodstream. They're all over your body, and that's when... Right, and your, your own cells are all tall as has them, right? Yeah, so that's the other thing is our cells don't live that long without getting fresh nutrients and fresh oxygen. Right. So they also start dying, and they yeah. fall apart. And when they do that, their enzymes kind of creep out and can start breaking down the body. Make a sound effect of that happening. It's like... <laughs> yeah, like that. Gross. Damn, dude, that's but sexy. The main point is that what we have is putrefaction, right? Decay. And that sets in relatively quickly. And so if you're going to do mummification, right, you need to get them guts out of there quick. I'm sorry. There's an image stuck in my head that I can't get out. What? Image. <laughs> Thank you. I was gonna. I was gonna do a fake point. What image? <laughs> you did it for me. Just like you in a bowl of cherries. <laughs> <laughs> Are you doing the JoJo reference right now? <laughs> well, I wasn't gonna go too deep on it because I know no, that not everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just I just imagined you just like just like a normal shirt and just you with like a little grin. 
<laughs> and just like a bowl of cherries. Just like glistening cherries. Well, <laughs> Would that's you do good. the sound again? It's <laughs> the bowl of cherries, man. Fuck. Okay, well, anyway. Anyway, anyway, wait. So our cells are dying. Uh, there's the bacteria getting out of the prison. Yep. You know, it's like yes. a 70s film. It's crazy down there. Yes. So, technically speaking, you can have mummification, like accidental mummification, for the skin, like the outside of the body, even if the inside is getting kind of putrefied and gross, right? Right. But for really good preservation, that's why you have these cultures, you know, the, the ancient Egyptians, their kind of first step is you get all those organs out. Right. Except for the heart, interestingly. Right, because they thought the heart was the soul. Right, right, right. Yeah. And so they kept that one in. Yeah. But pretty much all the other stuff they would scoop out. And then they would actually kind of embalm those separately. Yeah. And then either put them in those uh, canopic jars, right? Or they would embalm them, then wrap them in linen, and then put them back into the body. Sweet. But the main point is you need to try to get those out so that the bacteria doesn't break out of there. Right. And uh, actually, I read this really kind of gnarly article. I don't know if you picked up on this link or whatever. I, I did. I, I I didn't read it because I scrolled a little bit down and it was like, pay for this. And yes. I was like, Ooh. Yes. but I did look at the photos and they were fucking gnarly. So we yes. should actually like really devote a, a moment for this one. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I ran into a similar issue. So I opened the link and then copy pasted the entire article into a Word document and then read oh, it. Oh, you dirty dog. I cheated. You. Anyway, <laughs> so in uh, Papua New Guinea, there are tribes that continue the practice of ritual mummification. Bitch, of did you say Papua New Guinea? Is that not right? Is it not? What, Papa? I thought it was Papua New Guinea. It, papoon, though? Pa- Papua. Oh, I heard Papoom. <laughs> Papoom New Guinea. Okay, well, anyway, uh, what are we doing here? In, uh, in, so- uh, in PNG, <laughs> <laughs> um, they, they practice ritual mummification of corpses yeah. by basically smoking the corpses over a fire. Yeah, this National Geographic article, guys, you should look it up because yeah. it's nutty butter. Yeah, especially if you want to see, like, a mummy get made like in 2013 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't literally look like split roasting a person, but it's pretty close. Yeah, it's wild. They basically set up this almost like a like a bamboo chair yeah. kind of. And then they have the body sort of sitting on it. Yeah. And, and, and then they place it over a big fire. Yeah. And smoke it out. Not dissimilar to like Pharaoh's. The guy who's gonna be mummified, like Sits in the chair before he dies and is like, oh, yeah, that, that feels good. That's gotta <laughs> yeah. be good. Yeah, he, like, tries it out and everything. He, like, makes plans. He's like, his dad was mummified and his, his boy, those corpses, they don't age great, you know? Like, they, they right. age surprisingly well for right. being in a tropical jungle. But, right, like, yeah. I mean, like, shockingly well, really. Right, that is one of the things is that, like, both the Chinchoro culture and the ancient Egyptians were already in dry climates. Right. So the mummification, you could almost imagine that they came upon it naturally right they found natural mummies and were like oh this is a way that we can further preserve the body because of our religious beliefs right but in papua new guinea they try that's a tropical environment you have to put in a lot of work yeah they actually uh let's see maybe the next few minutes i'm gonna put in like a this is gross alert (laughs) no you (laughs) Um, give it to me Okay, sure. Yeah. They do not remove the intestines and stuff Crazy. before beginning the smoking of the body process. Hardcore. The body is seated in kind of a squat position. Ah, so it falls out. So that the intestines can fall out of the body during the mummification process. All natural, dude. But they can't touch the ground because part of the ritual aspect of this is that a lot of care needs to happen for all of the body parts. Wow. So while they are supposed to be burned in the fire, they're not supposed to touch the ground. So you have to like watch for it. Wow. Pretty fucking gnarly. 
That is it, that's it, a it's little a, much. It is very intense shit. So is there like someone's job then is to like yes the whole group there's like a family group, and I think it's all men or something like that. Yeah. For for this very gendered. Group. Yes. Yeah. And they have to stay in the smoking hut. Yeah. They cannot leave for like weeks. Right. They can't leave for anything. They have to monitor the corpse the entire time. This is one of those moments that Phyllis Schlafly was always talking about. Like, but the privileges of being a woman is like, <laughs> at least we didn't have to do this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. thank goodness. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. also glad I didn't have to do this one. <laughs> little it silver linings to Patreon. Seems like a lot of work. Yeah. There's a lot of work. But yeah, and that, seriously, if you check out this National Geographic article, we're talking about not that many years ago. Like maybe 10, less than 10 years ago. I mean, that's just when the article happened. Presumably, folks are still doing this, right? Yeah, I mean, the way that the article was discussing it was that a lot of the newer generations are, are not like, do as, we really need to be doing this crazy mummy down. shit yeah. where we have to be hanging out in this hut and yeah. we can't wash or anything like that for like six weeks? Well, luckily one of them moved to Brentwood. <laughs> uh, and so so it's becoming kind of a thing up there, you know? So, so these people in PNG, yeah, yeah. they were doing the smoking process. Yeah. The Chinchora people, they were removing the organs and then letting the bodies dry, essentially. Mm-hmm. And the ancient Egyptians did that as kind of the first initial step. But then they did move on and kind of do a whole chemical processing as well. And so let's go ahead and take a break. And then when we get back, we can talk about using chemicals in the process of making mummies. Do you think PNG is ever going to, like, let Messi retire? Or do you think they're going to do this to him, too, and just let his intestines <laughs> fall out on the pitch? Well, what does PNG stand for for us not soccer watching uh, uh, Paris. Uh, Jermaine. <laughs> <laughs> they should mummify, or at least his foot or something like that, right? Like, there's nothing <laughs> Messi, dude. dude, but... Oh, look, this is going to sound like a lot of stereotypes in a row. Okay, but Argentina is a pretty Catholic country, man. They're keeping that foot forever. No, I was reading about this thing where there are a lot of Catholic kind of mummies. Yeah. But the whole point of the Catholic kind of mummies, first of all, it's sort of a step to becoming a saint. Right. Is something called the incorruptibility of the body. Mm. But the idea is you're not actually supposed to do any mummification steps. Right. It's just like you have the corpse, you watch it for a while. Yeah. And then for some weird reason, it doesn't rot. Sure. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's God probably. Boy, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, <laughs> man. This is some dumbass shit. Wow, coming in hot against incorruptibility. Hey, oh, you, 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 you disagree? It's because Jesus, like, uh, he, like, touched the body <laughs> or something. <laughs> well, hold on, okay. All right, we need to, <laughs> we now need to exit this segment as quickly as possible. No one will ever we, <laughs> we need to get out of here. All right, so let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the chemical aspect of mummification. Right. The following is an actual advertisement. Hi, welcome to The Jury Room, a true crime podcast. My name is Kevin, and I will be your host on this journey. We will be covering some of the most heinous, some of the most unthinkable, and some of the most monstrous crimes to ever be committed against humanity. We will be covering cannibalistic serial killers, decades-old unsolved mysteries, cold cases, missing person cases, and everything in between. The Jury Room Podcast is available on most major podcasting platforms. And now back to the Petri Dish. 
ancient Egyptians, they removed those internal organs, right? Except for the heart. <laughs> and then they Dummies. added they added uh, something called uh, natron to the body. Okay, so Ooh. natron is a kind of salt. Natron's a TikTok star. <laughs> natron. What the fuck is going on? With you? Um, okay, okay, so tell me more about natron. <laughs> it's a kind of salt. It's a natural mix of sodium carbonate, sodium bicarbonate, and a little bit of sodium chloride. Mm. And it gets really nice and powdery. Mm. Okay? And it absorbs a lot of water. And so basically, they could just pack that in there, right. both inside the body cavity and on the outside on the skin, and really just like. <laughs> This is where Suck we really should record our pod because you're doing like really good stuff with your hands. Oh, you're talking about YouTube, YouTube recording. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, you're really like stuffing it. Oh yeah, you got it. You got like gotta, pack that. Mm, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, you're getting well, it. Well, it's, it's also like uh, you know when you got a chicken or something like that and you're trying to get salt. You, you, you know, you want to get some salt inside you really the gotta, body yeah. cavity, and then you know, <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, you want to yeah. get a little bit of butter in between the skin and the you know anyway. And so we put in the natron to get in to, to dehydrate, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to not mix discussing food with making mummies too much because that's going to awaken something in us and I'm worried about it. Um, so, <laughs> so the ancient Egyptians also used a number of herbs yeah. and essential oils and yeah. some plant resin all of which can also discourage decomposition or some of which can discourage How many herbs does Colonel Sanders use? Like 15? What are you saying? Does anybody know this? Does anybody know what Nathan's talking about? No, KFC. <laughs> KFC Colonel Sanders. They like famously like... He uses 15 herbs and spices. Yeah, he uses like... I don't think that's the voice. <laughs> <laughs> he uses some herbs and spices, right? I think you're right. number! I know. I think you're right. I think you're right. Well, that's what the mummies use. Great. He's <laughs> like a little paprika. I'm glad. <laughs> Definitely worth it. Keep it in. Keep it in. That added something. You will need to see the sausage get pumped. <laughs> All right. How many herbs are in your sausage? Um, Alexander the Great was also preserved for transport. Oh, I didn't know that. Although, my understanding was in that case, they used that classic embalming chemical, honey. Right. I think they just dipped his whole fucking body in honey. When I read that in the notes, I, I, I didn't, like, you had a slight ironic effect. Mm-hmm. when you. I didn't read sarcasm in the notes. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, oh, classic embalm, honey. I was like, wow, there's a backstory there. Is honey often used for embalming? So I think it's not often used in embalming, but it is classically an antiseptic. Uh, because honey actually both has antimicrobial compounds in it. Right. Naturally. Well, it makes sense because it's like they're smearing it on their babies, right? Yeah. Yeah. But also, besides that, it also has what's called low water activity. Okay. In that it has very little water in it, and it has a low enough amount of water that if, like, a little bacteria lands on honey, the honey will suck the water out of the bacteria. That's cool. Honey can dehydrate bacteria. Honey, nature's vampire. Yeah, kind of. That's pretty awesome. It must have been like kind of a bitch to get that much honey yeah, to like dip so. a Greek bro in I think it. So it's like yeah. a lot. They just like ran around Coruscant, so like fully submerge a guy in honey. You it's had like to like that poor guy just riding around. You had to like fight a lot of bears to get that yeah, much honey. Yeah, yeah. That was very serious. <laughs> um, like single handedly killed the bear population of Kashmir, right? Yeah, or it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, where was he? Hindu Kush. Oh right? yeah, I, I right. don't actually know where he died because I think he started going back before mm-hmm, he died. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, whatever. So they put him in honey. That's that's wild. Yeah, so in modern embalming, like I mentioned earlier, we usually use a mix of formaldehyde, glutaraldehyde, and methanol. Methanol, I think people probably know about. That's the kind of alcohol that's not good for you. Right. Don't drink it. Right. Formaldehyde and glutaraldehyde are... Are Also not good to drink. (laughs) No, they're not great for you. (laughs) They're really good at killing bacteria, but also they're really good at killing everything. So it's not good for you. Yeah. Actually, Although this is not a medical podcast, so don't take what Sean's saying too seriously. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, it cuts both ways, Sean. <laughs> uh, yes, that double-edged sword of trying to be responsible. But all of these chemicals can denature the proteins, stick them together, and it preserves the structures. Yeah. It kills bacteria. It kind of robs them of any food. So that's like what we use in modern embalming. Denature is one of my smart time words at the bar. Whenever... When does that come up? Uh, it doesn't actually, right? But I'll be like, <laughs> yeah, you know, because of uh, the heat and, you know, when, when you apply the, the turbo chef to the brisket, it denatures wow. the proteins on the edge. You know, gives it a really beautiful... This is the worst brisket in the world, by the way. Okay. Like, <laughs> gives it a really beautiful glaze. And they're like, denature. And I was like, yeah. And they don't even know... I mean, so, so it's hard, right? Because they don't know what I'm talking about. And I'm full of shit, right? But somewhere in between the tone is like... This, something real's happening here. It's, a, it's like a lot of human discourse, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, and the discourse. Wow. So yeah, yeah, like could, this discourse. I could this be smart. dialectic of minds and so, tongues. Even though, you know, we're pretty good at preserving bodies yes. nowadays, one of the best preserved bodies over, like, thousands right. of years was actually from the Han Dynasty in China. Yeah, you know, strange way this segues into the next two subjects, which is like, we have the chemicals we use now. We obviously know what they are. There's a lot of secrets yeah. in the worm of embalming chemicals. A lot of known unknowns, to quote Donald Rumsfeld, who yeah. is also embalmed. So, so there's this body of uh, this woman named, I think, Lady Dai or Lady of Dai, or she had her own name yeah. that like I couldn't Lady, do. Lady Dai. But she died in around 150 BCE. Yeah. And she was discovered in 1971 on accident by a construction crew trying to build an air raid like shelter. Bunker? An air raid shelter. Okay. Yes. And well, they found her tomb. And this is one of those creep. Like, you always hear this. This is like how a lot of these things get found. Yeah. Wouldn't that be such... Like, I, I would be so sad. Like, wouldn't that be so jarring and, like, traumatizing to just be digging? And apparently, in the case of Lady Di in China, not only did some random construction people run into a corpse, a mummified corpse of an ancient China woman, with, <laughs> with like, they were digging, and it's like... Uh, there's a coffin. They're like, oh shit, it's a coffin. They open up. There's a coffin. They open up. There's a coffin. They open up. Ah, it's a dead woman. Yeah. Right? It, it, was a, it was a kind of Russian nesting doll type situation. Yeah. She was actually buried in four coffins. And the innermost coffin, which was painted all black. Yeah. Very goth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the inside. Um, Hot topic is ancient. Her body was still kind of submerged in what was essentially an embalming fluid that they had buried her in. Wow. So something about this liquid that she was buried in preserved her body, like, astonishingly well. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen the photos. This is another person. By the way, it's Lady D-A-I, not, not Diana. You know, it's Diana Spencer. Thank you, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, someone's gonna... It's know. definitely not her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you see a photo of Kirsten Stewart, you're looking at the wrong Lady Di. Right? You know, look up Lady Di D-A-I. It is crazy it's really funny because there's a side-by-side of like a facial 3d3 construction yeah of what she probably looked like and yeah. then like her and you look at her preserved and you look at the reconstruction you're like i don't know weeboos like i'm not i'm not exactly sure if you get that from that i, I agree and also i mean i understand that her her corpse is very well preserved but also it's pretty haunting looking it's it's some scary shit she looks mad being preserved yeah that ghost is mad yes not thrilled about it or maybe not thrilled about being dug up we're not really sure when she changed her facial expression she loved it yeah yeah she's like but see so it was preserved so well that doctors could actually perform an autopsy right 
This and is so nuts. so she had intact arteries and veins. They still had blood in them, so she could they could blood type her. She was wow. type A blood. Nice. And they were able to do this autopsy, so they found out that she had eaten melons in the hours before her death. Sweet. They knew that because she had melon seeds still in her stomach. Wow. <laughs> she had internal parasites, tuberculosis, a blood clot in her heart, plaque in her arteries, a fused spinal disc, and gallstones. Something was going to get her. So, so they're not totally sure which one of those things killed her. Right, right, right. But, but it was likely a combination. She wasn't doing so hot. Yeah. But that is a lot of detailed information about someone who died well over 2,000 years ago. That's incredible. Because sometimes we don't have all that information for people who died very recently. So like that's, that's true. That's really impressive. It's kind of amazing how like class structures are so permanent, <laughs> right? That, like, there's some poor person who dies somewhere, utterly anonymous. It's Rich Ho from, like, fucking 150 BCE. Uh, Chinese wealth inequality has such permanence and power that we still know more about her than, <laughs> like, some random person. Yeah, it is interesting. Apparently, there are documents about her and everything. So she, she was living it up. She was living a pretty lavish lifestyle and everything yeah. like that. And got buried, uh, you know, pretty, pretty intensely. Cool. Do you think that was actually a fad, like Death Becomes Her, the movie or something? Do you think there was a fad of embalmment for like five years in Imperial China? And then like, people are like, yeah, actually that's kind of gross. They stopped doing it. And the only reason we don't have a lot of evidence of that is just because we're not like, we haven't dug up that many coffins, you know? That's interesting. There's actually two other tombs that were preserved in a similar way oh. from a pretty similar time period. So it mm. does seem like maybe it was a fad a bit of, a of having the inner coffin be filled with the embalming fluid. Well, and maybe this that is also like it. a period where a lot of people were, you know, kind of kiss kiss flirting with Taoism. You know, you kind of wonder if like Taoism was really obsessed with immortality um, and strains of Chinese thinking that were inflected by Taoism are. Uh-huh. And it makes you wonder if like, you know, I'm mean, very famously Qin Shi Wei Di, like, would drink all sorts of whack-ass chemicals to try to live forever. And I kind of wonder if this is, like, an outgrowth of that. I forgot that you know suspiciously a lot about, like, the Han Dynasty. <laughs> what? You thought I was just gonna, well, that's Qin Dynasty, Sean. All right, idiot. What? I, mean, I know this is during the Han Dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> but, of course, that was that's only 70 years later. I mean, uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> all right, all right. We, we need to move on. Yeah. <laughs> so, so no more. Speaking of mysterious embalming fluids, yes, which Lady right. Dai was submerged in, there is another story that I came across while researching this episode. Hey, why is it mysterious, though? Couldn't they just get a cup of it and like be like, oh, that's soy sauce? You know? So a lot of the chemicals that we use in embalming fluid now yeah. get used up in the process of embalming and will break down over time. Oh, so, so she's just in some goop by then. Yeah, what she was in was not, it didn't clearly have any positive preservative effects. Right. So it seemed like, oh, there was other active ingredients that in the 2,000 years that she's been buried right. have basically broken down. Ah. So, so it, it is still very mysterious what things did the active preservation. That's exciting. Okay, but anyway, so, so let's fast forward 2,000 years basically. Uh, to the 1800s. Yes. This is a rock and roll time for science. Yes. Right? And we're going to talk about the story of Dr. Gottfried Noach. Right. Uh, so, so <laughs> you talk about my Noach, bro? <laughs> so, so this was a time, this is the early 1800s, right? And, and mid-1800s. Right. And so he was born in 1813. Okay, okay. And so he was born in what was not quite Germany yet, right? They hadn't done the whole thing in yeah. by 1813. So. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't unified to become Germany. Right, I right, think he right. was born in Saxony. Okay. Uh, anyway, he went to the he went to school at the University of Freiburg, and he got Woo! a medical degree. Go Fries. In 1837. Yeah. And a few years later, he decided to move to Venezuela. Right. I mean, this is where we get to the rock and roll part, right? right. It's like this was a 
fun thing to do if you're a European scientist who likes some freaky dicky shit, <laughs> right? These good boys from Brazil, it, and it's like go to a Latin American country during one of its like cyclical Cadio Junta phases, yeah, uh, yeah, and like have a manner. Right. Because you're like the German scientist. <laughs> yeah. So in Venezuela, they had sort of won their independence not that long before. Right. right. And so he got his medical license confirmed out there because he did. Le- he was legitimately a doctor. Yes. This wasn't yeah. just some German dude that moved to Venezuela so he could, quote unquote, be a doctor. Right. right? He's a doctor. <laughs> he was legitimately a doctor. And my understanding is that he did legitimate good work trying to battle cholera out right. there. He was, was actually arguably a normal doctor. Up till... Yes. Yeah. Sometime during what's called the Federal War, which was a civil war in the late 1850s, early 1860s in Venezuela. He's dealing with a lot of wounded and dead bodies. Many, many people died, and he was dealing with, yes, the wounded and the dead. And he got pretty interested in death. He had the wrong... (laughs) There's two paths. Yes. He took the weird one. Yes. The one with less alcohol consumption and more alcohol used to preserve bodies. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, Because he got very into how bodies decay, how to prevent decay, kind of the whole Frankenstein package. Right. Right? And so wartime is a really great time to get interested in corpses. Yeah. So he would typically take unclaimed bodies back to his lab so he could experiment on them and see how he could preserve them. That's one right. thing he did. So he came up with a very special blend of chemicals that could preserve the body in really excellent shape. Apparently, supposedly, even better than the embalming fluids we use now. Okay. okay. Some special blend of chemicals that we do not know the nature of to this day. Exciting. Although some speculate that it contained aluminum chloride, which occasionally gets used in our modern embalming fluids. So yeah. it's, it's not clear what extra juice he had in there. You know, I was reading about how his manor still exists, but it's a ruin now. Mm. Still gets like, it's like very ghostly looking. Yeah, it's, it's like ghostly. It's raided and explored by people, you know, from time to time. Right. Um, I'm, of course, skipping an important section, which is like his death. Right. This is where we get to the really crazy stuff. Right. So in Spirit of Halloween, I've decided to include a story that I think is apocryphal, but is very fun. Okay. And this is kind of the last story about Gottfried. It's that as he was nearing the end of his life and he was like, oh man. I'm nearing the end of my life. I'm dying. Yeah. I feel it in my guts. Yeah. He decided to make one last batch of his embalming fluid and he gave it to his assistant who injected it into Gottfried and helped him into his family mausoleum where they sealed it up. With him still alive inside. Yeah. And then he presumably passed away as a very nicely preserved corpse. Yeah. Somewhere inside the sealed Noach Family Museum. Nice. Which later, that assistant, possibly family member, stayed until the 1920s. And then did it to herself. Yeah, yeah. And actually, she was called, like, the witch of this area or something like that. Because they thought she had, like, supernatural powers to preserve the dead. Creepy older lady walking around an abandoned manor. Yeah. So, I mean, this was, like, the perfect time for it, right? This dude was born a few years before Frankenstein was published. Right. And it was basically, like, middle age by the time people were just, like, I mean, Victorians were eating this shit up, right? Yeah. So this is a really spooky time. People making mummies, man. Yeah. All right. Well... Everyone, I hope you have a happy Halloween. Yee. Okay, let's thank Stacy Song, our sound lord and engineer. Hey, thank you, Brian, for art. Also, thank you, Tyler and Tom, two of our loyal Patreon-style listeners, uh, for coercing me into doing some ads again. I appreciate that. Yes, yeah, great. We, we do listen. We listen to our meager support. Yes, but not to me, because I've been asking you to write fake ads for a while now, and well, you just like told you, me to go fuck myself. Uh, don't pay me. You don't, even, you, don't even, you don't even kiss me anymore. I buy you, panda. <laughs> That's true. That's all right, true. all right. You uh, just need to tie that to an incentive structure more clearly. <laughs> you can email you us. You and panda boy? You can email us 
at petridishpod at gmail.com or tweet at us at dishpodcast on Twitter or give us dollars at mm-hmm. patreon.com slash petridish. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you later, everyone. Eee. Have a happy Halloween. Ho! Da 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 da